Welcome to Losing a Child, Always Andy's Mom. On this podcast, we journey through the devastating experience of the death of a child. Grief is seldom discussed openly in our culture, and the death of a child makes people feel even more uncomfortable. We approach the topic openly and honestly, speaking to people who have lost loved ones and experts who help care for them. Whether you are a parent experiencing loss or someone who wants to support another going through this tragedy, this podcast strives to offer hope and help. Welcome to episode 146 of Losing a Child, Always Andy's Mom. I'm Marcy Larson, Andy's Mom. So you will learn shortly that today's episode is on suicide and suicide loss. Today's guest is Crystal, Gina's sister. Crystal lost her sister Gina to suicide just over three years ago now, and she talks about her grief journey and how that really inspired her to try to help as many people as she possibly could. And she is doing this through various ways that you will hear about on today's podcast. And I can't wait to really introduce all of you to her and the work that she's doing. But it's also very timely that this episode is getting released today. Because today would be my dear friend Chrissy's son Caleb's 20th birthday. Now, you may remember Chrissy because Chrissy has been on the podcast two times, actually. Well, two times herself and even a third if you count the special Christmas episode we did this last Christmas. But she was featured on episode 19 and again on episode 49 when we honored Caleb at the one-year anniversary of his death. So Caleb died by suicide very unexpectedly. He was an amazing kid. I actually feel like I could talk about him for quite a while because I feel like I have learned about him and almost know him through Chrissy's stories and then even more through her writing. So if you have never read Chrissy's blog, I'm going to invite you to do that now. So if you look her up on Facebook, her blog is called A Journey for Caleb, and she talks about this messy, messy grief journey and how she is getting through day by day. Although Caleb's death is horrible and tragic and Chrissy and her family would take him back in an instant if she could. She really is doing an amazing job helping to share what this grief journey is like for her and helping other people to be able to heal. Also really helping people understand a little more about suicide and even feel brave enough to talk to their kids about the subject. So thank you for all the amazing work that you have done, Chrissy. You are really an inspiration to me, and I admire you so much. So I want to take just another second here to wish you, Caleb, a very happy 20th birthday in heaven. Your family and friends love and miss you so. And Chrissy, know that the entire Always Andy's Mom listening community is thinking of you today and remembering your Caleb as well. Thank you so much, Crystal, for coming on the Always Andy's Mom podcast today. I'm excited to talk to you. 
Oh, thank you so much, Mercy, for having me. I really appreciate it. So for any of you watching the video version, you can see the very tippy top of Crystal's little baby. Oh, yeah. <laughs> tippy top of his head. There he is. There you go. So if you're watching the video version on YouTube or Facebook or Instagram, you could see little the little guy there. His name again, you've told me. Zach. Zach. So you can see yes. little cute little Zach who is supposed to be taking a nap right now, but is not. So maybe in a little bit he'll take a nap, but we're going to go ahead and get started. So anyway, Crystal, I want you to start out by talking to us about your sister Gina. Yes. Well, that's actually, you know, where my story begins and mm -hmm. why I'm doing the work that I am now today. So I'll start uh, kind of at the beginning. Mm -hmm. The The day before my birthday in 2019, I received the phone call from my mom saying that my sister Gina had taken her life that morning. And as you can imagine, I was completely shocked and devastated. Mm -hmm. We were absolutely heartbroken as a family. And speaking for myself, I just felt lost. I felt like there was so many resources out there and yet none of them felt right. Mm -hmm. None of them felt like they were where I was supposed to be. Mm -hmm. So I did what anybody would do in that situation. I, I created my own company to <laughs> serve. Okay. That's not that I would not agree with that statement. What anyone would do in your situation. No, no. Many, 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 many people are in your situation and not many, many people create a foundation. So <laughs> yes, yes. So I started, I started my company scattering hope and that's, the the whole premise behind it is I help families heal after losing a loved one to suicide. Mm -hmm. So could you start out though, by just talking about your sister, Gina, and just about her personality and who she was as a sister to you and a little bit of that? Yeah, you bet. Because I always feel like, you know, uh, these, these loved ones that we talk about are so much more than what happened in those final moments. So I would like to just hear a little bit more about her. Yeah, you bet. Gina was an... <laughs> was an absolute like spitfire. She yeah. was, you know, she actually, we, we both worked for the family business uh -huh. and my coworker or our coworker said when he first met Gina, he's like, Oh my gosh, she's like the energizer bunny. <laughs> and I was like, hey, yeah, yeah, that's exactly that described her so beautifully because she really mm. was. And he was like, she never slows down. And not that that's a bad thing, right. but she was constantly like, go, go, go. And just this like complete ball of energy and was like upbeat and a little bit like, kind of over the top if you didn't really mm -hmm. know her at first but she just had this beautiful like bright personality and it was it was so fun to like be around her because she even if you were having a like a low day like she managed to you know change your attitude and change your mood like instantly <laughs> Oh, that's so fun. <laughs> Just because that's who she was. Like she was a firecracker. And then that was the, that, those were my mom's words to describe Gina was she was a firecracker and she was the oldest girl. Okay. Out of eight. <laughs> so, oh my. 
Yeah. So she was, she was the oldest girl out of eight. And so there were two, two older brothers that she had to compete with. And my mom jokes that she was going to make, make, you know, that she was there and, Mm -hmm. you know, she wanted to keep up with their, you're not going to look past her. Mm -mm. Yep. Yep. She was going to let you know that she was there and make her presence known. So Oh, very good. Very good. So she was number three of eight. Which number are you then? I'm the youngest. Oh, you're the baby of the family. Okay. And you said you worked together in the family business. What was that? Yes. So my dad and my uncle started a, a business there in construction supply, uh-huh. specifically drywall supply. Unfortunately, my dad passed away in 2013, but my brothers and cousin have thus, you know, stepped in to fill that role, mm-hmm. that, that very big role that only my dad could fill, but, you know, they're doing the best they can to, to fill some pretty big shoes in the, in the company. So, yeah. And then you and your sister worked together then pretty closely. Well, she worked out of a different location than I did. Okay. Mm-hmm. But yes, we, we, we did work together and we would, you know, pass in passing, <laughs> as mm-hmm. she was, you know, on her way up to a farther location than where I worked out of. But yeah, we would see each other and I would be over visiting my, my parents. That's where she lived. Mm-hmm. And she was, you know, she was newly divorced and her mm-hmm. children, they're in their young adult age, you know, teenage years when, when she passed away and they decided they wanted to live with their dad and their dad lives about three hours away. So unfortunately, you know, my sister was, was trying to navigate the complexities that come alongside, you know, being newly divorced and having, you know, her children live so far away. And that would be a struggle for sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it absolutely was. Yeah. And so she was having some kind of emotional struggles then just with the divorce or were there things even before then? There were things before then, Mm -hmm. but I think to be honest, Marcy, I think that was like the tip of the iceberg for her. Mm -hmm. She had been married for well over two decades. Okay. And, you know, to have such a, to see the, the end of a marriage for that long a period of time and to, you know, have her children be older and just navigate all of that. It was extremely hard for her. Mm-hmm. It was just hard. Like you could see the struggle. You could, you know, visibly see that it was taking a toll on her, not just mentally, but physically as well. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure it did. I'm sure it did. Mm -hmm. And so you talked about the fact that she then took her own life. And this was, though, shocking to you, I'm sure. Right? You didn't see this coming at all? Gina had expressed, you know, very, she was like very open in the sense that she definitely made us aware Mm -hmm. that she was having these thoughts. So we immediately as a family said, okay, we're going to get you some help. We're going to get you into a counselor and they can, uh, you know, properly assess. And they, they did, she was seeing a counselor and, and the counselor, of course, you know, put her on some medication. We later found out after her death that she had stopped going to counseling. Um, Unfortunately, she was saying that it was too expensive and that she didn't want to pay for it. 
and she stopped taking the medication that they was prescribed to her as well. So I'm thinking it was like this perfect storm yeah. of things just in her mind didn't get better. And there were, there was no, you know, her words exactly were, there's no scenario where I come out ahead and I went. And I'm sure that was in context to being a single mom and trying to negotiate when she would see the kids and when the kids were with her, were they really present? And so again, just that inner struggle and that outward struggle too, of watching her just navigate that because it was extremely hard for her to play this sort of tug of war. Mm-hmm. Initially, I think, you know, everybody has these visions of it being a child centered divorce. And of course that would always be the hope and the, and the prayers that it would be child centered divorce. But in the end, it definitely wasn't, it was very split, if mm-hmm. you will. Mm-hmm. And that really just took a toll on Gina. Absolutely. So I know that eventually you ended up forming your foundation, your Scattering Hope Foundation. But let's talk about that earlier time a little bit and what kind of led to that. Because certainly it wasn't that your sister passed away and then the next week you were forming a foundation. Right. This would have been a, you know, a thoughtful kind of process for sure. Yeah. So I just have to preface it's it's not a foundation. It's a business. I'm sorry. You're right. A business. It's Mm -hmm. an LLC. So what your question in regards to why I started it and what gave me the inspiration Mm -hmm. was I told myself after my sister passed away that I would take a year off Mm -hmm. and just begin the healing process. And I was literally in my senior year of college Okay. When my sister passed away. Yeah. And I was literally a month away from graduation. And so it was like, oh my goodness. Okay. What do I do now? Right. 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 And so my priorities obviously had to become one that I was either going to graduate or I wasn't. Right. And so I told myself as hard as it was, I said, I'm going to graduate. Yeah. And I don't care about grades at this point. It doesn't matter. Yeah. And I also know I had this deep conviction in my spirit that I know my sister and she knows how hard I worked, you know, the blood, sweat and tears just to make it to this, to my senior year, one month away from graduation. And I know that she would have wanted me to graduate. So that was really became my fuel of like, okay, let's graduate. And so I thankfully I did. And then, like I said, I I graduated and I was very fortunate. I didn't have to rush out and find a job in the field that I had just graduated in. And I told myself, okay, like that's, I'm going to take a year off and heal. And in that process of of that year, even before the year was that the 2019 was up, I kept getting this impression that I needed to help other families heal after losing their loved one to suicide. And I, I honestly was like wrestling with it. I was like, nope, nope. I'm, I'm, I must've heard that wrong. Like I know. And then it, and it kept coming back. And I was like, just one day I was like, okay, 
I can take a hint because it came in a, in a kind of joke, like it came in a series of three <laughs> and I'm sure it was, my, I'm sure it was Gina just telling me like over and over again, like you need to do this, you need to do this. And I was just like, nope, nope, nope. I've, I've remember I had a plan. I just like, I had my, I, I had it all mapped out and <laughs> this is not within the plan. And, <laughs> but I am so truly grateful. So I created Scattering Hope and even the name, I was like, I don't know, what do I, what do I name this? And then once again, it was, I felt like my sister, it was just this divine, divine connection that we have together as sisters. And she just said like Scattering Hope that's what you're doing, Crystal, you're scattering hope. And I was like, okay, that's the name. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah. So tell us what your business does and what it's kind of striving to do for people. Yes. Thank you. And it is like, I just mentioned, it is scattering hope for those people that have lost a loved one to suicide, mm -hmm. that they don't know where to turn. They don't know what the next day is going to look like because when you're in the thick of it and you have tragically lost a loved one to suicide, you don't even know what day it is. And I should preface by you don't even care what day it is yeah, because you're just grieving and you're just completely heartbroken. And so I wanted a way to, you know, help families. And in my mind, one of the best ways for me to be able to do that was through a subscription box. And so inside this box that they receive every single month, there are different items inside that are all tailored for that month's theme. So for example, the first month's theme is one day at a time. Mm -hmm. And I created that theme for month one because of the first month that somebody would be receiving that because it truly is one day at a time. No doubt about it. Yeah. All of those items inside of it are special, are specially created by me and they are for that month's theme of allowing you to process your grief one day at a time. So that's just one branch of, of my business. And I would agree with that. When I think back to those beginning days of my own grief journey, I remember going to a grief support group very early and having the women that were kind of leading it were over 10 years out, both of them. And I remember them talking about what things were like and how they started to feel more normal, like nine years out, one of the women said. And I could not wrap my head around the idea that I could even see nine years ahead. It was like impossible for me to think nine years ahead. And it was impossible for me to think what things would be like one year ahead because I really truly was living a day at a time, an hour at a time. You know, I started out, it was this many days since Andy died, this many days since Andy died. And then it was, would get to the point where I would count every Wednesday because every Wednesday was another week. And then finally, it got to the point where I started thinking in terms of the 15th, because he died on, on the 15th. And so then when the 15th would come on, that would mark another month. But in that first month, you really are only thinking, it's been nine days, it's been 10 days, it's been 12 days. That's, that's all you can even consider 
at that early, early point. So I like how that's your first kind of thing that you focus on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it, again, it's very intentional and it was just like, well, that's, that's the reality. That's the truth. Like you really are only thinking one day at a time, even if it's hour to hour and mm-hmm. because everything just feels like such a blur. Right. 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 And it's just a fog. Everything's going to feel yes. like a fog too. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. So what are some of the other kind of themes that you then as, as people go through and how long is the, this subscription kind of for? It is all dependent on you. So there's the option of a three, a six, and then a 12 month. So a full year. Mm-hmm. And like I said, every single theme is different and is unique. I'm trying to remember some of the, the other themes that I've, I've created. Yeah. So when, one day at a time is of course month one, mm-hmm. the month two is I'm trying to think of, of, of what it is. I'm, I apologize. I'm drawing a blank. It oh, must sorry. be my mom. It must be my mom brain. <laughs> Your new mama. Mm-hmm. But I really, I really unpack that. So I take it on like a, a physical level and we focus on say like your physical health. Okay. And then we take another month and we focus on like your spiritual health and how that plays into the grieving process. Sure. Cause all are super key. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. So there are other aspects, though, that you do other than the boxes, though, aren't there? Yes, yes. I'm, I'm in the beginning stages of offering coaching as well. And I am about ready to host a summit. This is my third summit. And you have graciously said yes to being one of the speakers. Yes, that is true. And that will be coming up just shortly after we release this episode. So yeah, if you want to talk to people about how they could sign up for that yet, this would be a good time. And then I think we should talk about what it will all entail. Sure, you bet. Yeah. So people can can sign up at the website scatteringhope.com. Mm-hmm. They can connect via social media at Scattering Hope. And we'll be sure to, you know, have emails that they can, you know, sign up for and get registered that way as well. So there's multiple, multiple ways that they can get registered for the summit that is happening July 11th to the 24th. And of course, it's all virtual. <laughs> I had somebody ask, right. is it, is it in person? I said, Oh, Oh heavens. No, <laughs> I'm like, that would be two weeks of going every day. That would be a little bit much. Mm-hmm. Yes, <laughs> exactly. So no, it's, it's completely virtual. It, all of our interviews with our speakers, which are fabulous speakers, including, you know, yours truly. <laughs> and Gwen too. I would yes, mention all of my, all of my listeners know Gwen well because she's on here every about six weeks or so. So yes, Gwen will be amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. And Gwen too is, has graciously said yes as well. And all of our, our interviews will be, you know, will be going out via email. So that's why I say you'll, you'll get a, you can register via email and then all of the recordings will go out every single day via email. And, and is there like one per day? Is that what it was? There's going to be about four, between four and five per day. Four and five, five per day. Oh, yes. that's quite a bit. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Very good. Yeah. And people can, you know, take it at their own pace. 
they can watch an interview. Each interview is about 20, 25 minutes long. Mm -hmm. And again, I wanted it to be something that was, you can be, you know, cooking dinner and you can be watching it, you know, watching the interviews for that day. And then we also have a bundle that's called a healing pass that I created that has a workbook in it that has notes so that you can just simply listen. You don't have to worry about taking notes because if you're like me, I'm like, frantically taking notes and like pausing and then starting and pausing and starting. And you don't have to do that. You can just sit and watch that, watch the interview as many times as you want. And then you have all the notes that you will probably ever want (laughs) just at your disposal. If you, you know, choose to purchase that, that healing pass for, like we said, it's going to last for two weeks. And then every Sunday with the Included in the healing pass is a ticket to the Sunday style brunch, where we will have all of our speakers that interviews recorded and aired that week. You can pop on a Zoom call and ask them anything. So it's really sort of this brunch style Q&A that's happening on Sundays. And yeah, you can ask speakers anything you want, any, you know, any of your burning questions. (laughs) Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I know that you have scattering hope, but there's another kind of branch of your business as well. Would you like to talk about that a little bit too? Sure. Yeah. Thank you for asking. Yes. So once again, it's, it's all inspired by my sister and it's weaved throughout our, our beautiful relationship and our dynamic. So what I like to call is the sister company to Scattering Hope is Owl and Thistle. And Owl and Thistle's focus is on suicide prevention. Mm -hmm. And we do that in a very loving way by giving you the opportunity to let the people know in your life how much they are loved. Because when you feel and know that you are loved, when you know that you are valued and you know that you matter, when the thought of taking your life comes into your mind, it doesn't stay. Mm -hmm. And you really have the opportunity to do your very best as someone that loves the people in your life and your family, your friends, your coworkers, and people in your community, giving them the opportunity to say, I see you and I love you may in fact save their life. Mm -hmm. Well, I think that's very important. I also think about with suicide prevention, I always think about suicide action plans and things like that. I'm I'm not sure how familiar you are with those, but those can be something uh, very helpful too. You know, as a pediatrician, I have written more asthma action plans than an allergy action plans than I could have ever imagined when I started in my training. But now, certainly, I am getting comfortable with writing suicide action plans. But you know, you don't have to be a physician or a therapist to help someone come up with a suicide action plan, a loved one that you care about. Because really what that entails is going through some of those things like you just talked about, things that make you happy, things that you can do to help yourself to feel a little bit better, 
thinking about certain loved ones. These are safe people that I know that I can talk to at any point in time. So making up some of those lists of these are people to turn to. These are numbers I'm going to write down. These are activities that always make me feel better. Writing those things down on a sheet of paper so when those thoughts kind of come, you can have that handy and look at it and say, you know what? I wrote down that going for a walk and being in nature can really help me. Let's do that. Or let's call this person on the list because they're on my plan. They're a safe, good person for me to talk to. So anyway, I just want to take that opportunity to bring that up too that just going through things with loved ones can be super important. It can feel scary, but it is important to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And just even, you know, going back to my sister and even when she expressed like, hey, you know what, I'm, I'm having these thoughts. And that was really her cry for help. Right. And being able to, to help her. And in unfortunately, you know, given the circumstance and given what happened, I very easily could feel blame and feel mm-hmm. guilt. And I, to be honest, I don't feel that. And yeah. I yeah. don't want to give the illusion that I didn't feel those things because I absolutely did, especially within that first year, I would say. But I've really had to strive extremely hard to just give myself the grace yes, and knowing that I did everything I could in that given this with what you knew at the time. Right. And that's always the key thing was with the information I had at the time, I did the absolute best I could. And that is so important. And it is important to give yourself grace because it isn't your fault. It isn't your fault when a loved one takes their own life. It's it's not. It feels like it is. It certainly could feel that way, but it's not your own fault. But what, you know, you're trying to say in the the sister owl and thistle, and what I'm saying in the suicide action plan is trying to give people a little more knowledge that they will know more, right? Because if the more we can educate people in general on how to show love and support for people who are suicidal or having just emotional struggles, the better that is for them and the better chance we have to decrease those rates of suicide. So that is in no way is it supposed to put any guilt on anyone, but moving forward, that's what we can strive to do, to strive to do even better. And I think about people who are in grief. And oftentimes you can see people in grief having suicidal thoughts as well. And so knowing those type of things, even for my listeners who may be suffering from, you know, a loss of a baby or a cancer death or something like that, having those losses can end up affecting you emotionally yourself and some you know some of those kind of suicidal thoughts can come as well yes absolutely and i'll i'll share a brief story about gina mm-hmm. and it was the unknowingly it was our last christmas together yeah and i was out christmas shopping for my family and I was at this local boutique and I came across this wooden sign and she, you know, was just fresh off the divorce and she just was feeling 
lousy to yeah. put it bluntly. And I saw this, this cute wooden sign and I said, oh my gosh, I have to get that for her. Mm-hmm. And so, as I mentioned before, I'm the youngest of eight. So getting everyone in my family a Christmas gift, no, <laughs> <laughs> not going to happen. <laughs> but I knew I was like, I have to get that for her. Mm-hmm. So I did. And then when I, you know, she was staying in my, in our parents' house and that's where she was living at the time. And, and I went down into the basement and I said, um, I said, Gina, I, I got you, we used to call her Jean. I said, Jean, I got you a gift. And she was like, what? I was like, yeah, I got you a Christmas gift. And she's like, you know, we don't give each other gifts. And I was like, I know, I know, but, but I saw this and I just immediately thought of you. Uh-huh. And so I gave it to her and Marcy, what says on the wooden sign is it says, find your happy. Mm -hmm. And I took that moment and I looked into her eyes and I said, I said, Jean, I don't know what you're going through. I don't know what it's like to be newly divorced and have your kids choose to live three hours away. I don't know what that's like. And I don't know, you know, what it's like to be newly single and trying to date again and having all of those fears and those feelings of, okay, I'm going to try to date again. And, and I I don't know what that's like, but I just wanted to let you know that I see you and I see the struggles you're going through. And if I can help support you in any way, just let me know. And she broke down and she started to cry Yeah, because in that moment, what I realized now is that that was the first time in probably years that someone had actually seen her and saw the struggle she was going through and acknowledged the struggles that she was going through and let alone having it be a family member. I felt like, you know, it, I felt like now looking back in retrospect, like that, having it be a family member made an even bigger impact on her because it, because it was me. Yeah. It's funny because I think about how you described her towards the beginning of this episode, as you said, she was the energizer bunny and always, you know, full of energy and smiling and, you know, could kind of light up a room kind of was what it sounded like. So to have this happen, must have been especially devastating. And I wonder too, did she try to keep up that front a little bit? Did she still seem like the Energizer Bunny in front of other people? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, that's what I wondered. And again, it was it was just, you know, she's just wanting to keep up that appearance yeah. and that, that kind of, well, let's call it what it is. We'll call it the illusion. Yeah. And my brother, you know, our brother, he opened up a dental practice two weeks before my sister took her life. And Gina was there helping him with like the opening party of, of his dental practice. And she was there greeting people as they were coming in the door. And she was like grabbing a broom and like cleaning and helping set up. And it's interesting because my brother you know, said she's back. We got her back. 
she's 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 Gina she's Gina again we remember her being this way of being just this outgoing lovable person and he said she's back yeah and then to have this tragedy happen two weeks later was just all the more devastating because we really thought we had turned a corner for the better and not just as a family but more importantly for her that it was like okay this this is you know all of these things that we have been working tirelessly to you know get her the help and the support are, are coming together and it's working and we're, we're seeing her be her usual bubbly self again mm-hmm. and it was it was so refreshing after, you know, seeing the toll that it was taking on her to see her be her old self again Yeah, and witness that. It just goes to show how you can really put a mask up and fool a lot of people. Yes. And yes, yeah, absolutely. You certainly can. And that's clearly what she was kind of doing without you realizing it. So you said this is your third summit that you're hosting now. What was the kind of the feedback from the other two? And, you know, do you have some insight as to how those went a little bit and when those were just to. They were extremely like well received. And I was I was shocked at how well they were received and not just from the speakers that I chose, but also more importantly, from those that attended that those that, you know, registered and, and actually watched the recordings and all of that mm-hmm. and participated. And it was beautiful because I told myself that the, the whole reason behind me even doing the summit was for three reasons. Number one was to give people the community that they were looking for. And honestly, like just meeting in their time of grief, because having that support and that community around is so important while you're trying to, you know, just grieve and understand the why and all of these questions that you have that naturally come Mm -hmm. when losing a loved one, whether it's by suicide or natural causes or whatever, but you naturally are drawn and you you're searching for community. So that was number one, my reasoning behind the summit. Mm -hmm. Because grief is very isolating. It's a very isolating experience. Mm -hmm. Number two is I wanted to give people the tools and the resources to be able to then utilize in their own life as they were, you know, navigating their, their grief. Yeah. And, and number three was to just let people be able to tell their story and to let them know that they're not alone Yeah. because as we've already discussed, grief can feel very isolating and you feel alone. You feel like you're the only one going through this and, in some aspects you are like you, I am mourning the loss of my sister. My mom is mourning the loss of her daughter. We are going at this alone, but my heart and soul behind the summit is to showcase and know that you're not fully alone. Mm-hmm. You, you, there are certain things that yes, you're going to have to process on your own that I can't do that work for you, but you don't have to be completely alone Mm -hmm. as you're going about this. 
Yeah, you're right. I mean, it's everyone's own grief journey and you have to do the work. It's not, it's not easy. And we talk about that on the podcast all the time that, you know, that it's kind of a misnomer that time heals all wounds. Time itself does not. You can sit on it and shove it away and have all the time in the world go by. But if you haven't worked through your pain and worked in your pain and worked on your grief, you can be in exactly the same spot. I mean, I've seen that happen to people when they try to shove things away. Time itself does not. Time and work do. So you do have to do the work. But having someone to be able to help you give to give you tools is key right having some tools and having some things to be able to do so you're not just flailing around like what do i do now i'm not sure what i don't even know what to do i think about it in those first days of my grief journey i had no idea what to do it was like just somebody tell me what to do tell me should i go should i get this therapist right away? Should I go see a counselor? Should I go to a support group? What should I do? Just somebody, you want somebody to tell you to do something. So I think that's why community can be nice because you can see people and get to know people who are in similar situations and you can say, okay, you know what? She did this. He did this. Maybe I can too. Yeah. It can give you a little bit of hope, right? Right. And even if you find yourself like, okay, well, like for example, we just had the third anniversary of her death and this year, and you're like, oh my gosh, I can't even think about like three years down the road, but let me be that beacon of hope for you because this is what life looks like three years can look like three years down the road, a year from now, next month, you know, don't ever lose sight of that hope that it is going to feel a little bit lighter as time goes on. Mm-hmm. It's just right now, today, it probably doesn't. Right. It, it probably sucks. Like, let's be real. It's, it definitely does. It definitely It sucks. really is really, really hard. And I'm not going to sugarcoat that at all. And no. it's probably going to be hard for a long time. Like, I, again, I'm just being transparent. And I say that a lot too. Like... Is tomorrow going to be considerably better than today? Probably not. Is next week going to be considerably better than this week? Probably not. But when you look back to weeks ago or months ago or now for me years ago, am I better than I was? Absolutely I am. Absolutely. It just happens on a slow, slow basis that you don't always see coming. Mm-hmm. Yes, absolutely. I, w- I would agree with that. It's I think of these as the daily wins, right? Because it's like, hey, I got out of bed this morning. Right. I brushed my teeth. <laughs> I brushed my teeth. And you know what? I even put on a little makeup. That's a win. <laughs> right. And I mean, you're you're kind of like tallying these wins up every single day. And, and at least that's for me, that's what I had to do because I realized really quickly that I wasn't the only one grieving. Mm-hmm. And I still had to be mom. I had a three-year-old that was looking to me and saying, mom, what do we do now? Yeah. You know, my three-year-old just lost her aunt and she was wrestling with the idea. Like this was her first experience of, of death. And I had to explain that to her and 
explain that Aunt Gina was no longer here. And that in itself was, was complicated and not an easy conversation for me to have, but I'm very glad that I was honest with her and trust me, I didn't go into detail. (laughs) I don't think that would have been appropriate given, given her age, but I still, you know, let her know that this is what happened. And, you know, this is to a certain extent, this is how she died. And I was very intentional with how I told her and, and giving, given her age. So, well, and, and that's important to do talk to kids when you have little kids like that, that you do have to be clear with them and you can't use kind of obscure language and things like that because it doesn't help a three-year-old at all. If, you know, if you say, oh, she's in a better place now, like, or something like that, or whatever, that's, that's really, really difficult for a kid to understand. So that concrete language is important, but giving them love and support is important too, because it's scary for a little one, for sure. Mm-hmm. And I think about with you too, that it's hard, I think, to lose a sibling in that people worry more about other others like for example in your sister's case i'm sure people worried about your mom and how she was doing and they worried about her kids and how they were doing and you probably had a lot of people ask you how your mom was doing and how her kids were doing probably more than asked you how you were doing Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. I would agree with that. Yes. And I think that's a nice thing about your business that you have now too, because you can be in different roles and benefit from that. Right. It's not just kids whose parents died of suicide or parents who had kids die of suicide or that siblings, it's, it's more in community than that. It's just a suicide loss of a loved one, right? It could be your best friend. Yes, yes, exactly. And so, and that's why I say, you know, helping families, because it's not just what we would consider in the typical context of a structure of a family, but that could include family or that could include friends that Mm -hmm. could include the community and people in the community that you feel, even though you're not quote unquote blood relatives, you still feel this strong connection with them. And you had this connection and they had that connection with your loved one. And so that's why I say the scattering hope really is for helping families heal but like I said, very loosely in the sense that that the the typical construct of a family can look, you know, of course, with family, with friends, with with coworkers, with you know, mm-hmm. people in the community that that knew and and loved not only just your loved one, but especially your loved one. Like mm-hmm. I think about all the people that knew my sister and loved my sister and were just as heartbroken as we are. Yeah. 
Well, I really am so looking forward to your summit and all that you will be able to do with that and hopefully reaching more and more people and helping to scatter some hope to them. So again, why don't you say one more time how people can get hooked up with that and um, with your website and things like that, just to get some that out there one more time for the people. Sure, you bet. So you can uh, sign up and register for your tickets at scatteringhope.com. And then, of course, on social media, and we'll have links into in the show notes, of course, of this episode that people can then register for for the summit and attend. And, you know, like I said, everything's virtual. So you kind of come and go at your own pace. And, you know, there's no no rush. Like I didn't want this to be this fast paced, you know, thing. That's not my style. It's take it and take it at your own pace and listen and just have and enjoy the resources that are available as you are are gathering. You know, I think of it as like a tool belt. You're gathering these tools for your tool belt and, you know, you may not be using one of these tools right at the moment, but you may say, Hey, I'm going to use that for later, or I'm going to use that next week. And again, that was my, my intention behind the summit. So I welcome you. And I think if you can pick up one or two little tidbits from every person you listen to, what a blessing that could be and how those all together will really help, help someone in their healing process. Yes, I agree. All right. Well, thank you so much, Crystal. And I look forward to talking to you again. Yes, thank you so much. Thanks for listening. If you found this helpful or would like to support the podcast, please leave a five-star rating and comment. To help financially, you can text Andy's Mom to the number 53555 or visit the donate page on andysmom.com. Your donations are secure and tax-deductible, and we are now able to accept Venmo, PayPal, and Apple Pay. Always Andy's Mom is a registered 501c3 organization and can receive donations through smile.amazon.com, Thrive in Financial, and Benevity, amongst others. Marcy loves hearing from listeners. Please feel free to reach out to her via email at marcy at andysmom.com. Also, be sure to sign up for the email list to receive weekly updates as well as pictures of all of Marcy's guests and their children. Together, let's work to inspire hope one day at a time.